0: Welcome to New Community Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, New Community Church. If you're a guest here and I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, I want to introduce myself. My name is Aaron. And I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And we're so excited that you've joined us this morning, that you're checking out the church. As I mentioned, we are a church that is passionate about making people and places new. And I want to encourage you to continue to come back and see how we live that out in our personal lives, in our families, and in our communities. And we're in the middle of this series called Jesus Is. We've been taking the last few weeks and looking at the Word of God and seeing what it is that Scripture says about the person of Jesus and a lot of times when we think about who God is, who Jesus is, it's, um, it's come, we've come to a conclusion in our mind by the movies that we watch, pictures that we've seen, stories that we've heard maybe even growing up in church, things that we see on television about who Jesus is, and we want to look once again at scripture and really dive into the word of God and see what God's word says about the person of Jesus and what that means for our personal lives, um, and who we are as individuals and so we're going to do that we started by looking at Jesus as a friend we did that the first week we spent the past two weeks looking at Jesus is grace and those were some great services some great times at the altar and praying together allowing the grace of God to cover our life and today we're going to be talking about Jesus is the point Jesus is the point and I'm going to ask you to write down some things this morning so if you can reach in front of you and grab that little card that says sermon notes You could take out your phone if you want to take notes on your smartphone. Just don't be checking Facebook or your fantasy league, okay, guys? Um, But you can take notes, and I want you to write that down. Jesus is the point, because that's what we want to look at this morning, of what that means inside of our lives, that Jesus is the point. Now, I remember growing up and being a little kid in kindergarten and elementary school, and I always got asked this question. All of us did, okay? And it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, you guys may remember that. My kids have to do reports on that, so even in the third grade or even at a young age, they'll come home and they have to research, what education do you have to be? What do you want to be? So they get to choose a career. What are you going to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember being a kid and thinking about that. Maybe you remember that. So just take a moment, and I want you to to write down or put it in your smartphone if you're taking notes. What is it that you wanted to be when you you were asked that question as a young kid? What do you want to be when you grow up? Do you remember? Go ahead and write that down. For some of you, it's a little bit of a longer trail down memory lane, okay? And that's okay. Just take a few moments, think back to being a little kid, what you wrote down, when people ask you that question, what it is that you want to be when you grow up. Think about that for a moment. Now look at that and think, is that really what I am? Maybe next to it, you can write, hey, here's what I actually do. When we're little, we have a lot of dreams, we have a lot of thoughts about what the purpose or the point of our life is, what it is that we're going to do with our life, and what we're going to be whenever we grow up. For many of us, maybe you wanted to be the hero, a police officer, a fireman, you wanted to run into a burning building and save people, and everyone would be amazed at your skills. Maybe you wanted to be a rock star, okay, you wanted to play an instrument or sing in front of thousands of people. My brother quickly crushed that dream in my life when he told me, Aaron, you cannot sing, okay? Okay. Please do not do that. And so that childhood dream was quickly crushed um, whenever I was a little kid. Maybe for others, you wanted to be a sports hero. Baseball, and you wanted to play basketball. You wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And with all the injuries they have, they need all the help they can get, okay? So that may not be a bad thing right now. But, but what, was it? what was it that you wanted to be when you were asked that question as a little kid? I think back and I wanted to be in the Olympics. I can remember that. That was a dream that I had. And a commercial that I liked the first time that I saw it, but it was a little different, was, um, it was a PSA commercial, a drug awareness commercial. Do you guys remember those in the 80s? This is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, kind of those commercials. Well, there was one, and it showed this guy. He was like a 20-year-old guy, and it looks like he's a track star. He's running. You guys may remember this. And there's this little kid's voice. And he says, when I grow up, I want to be a track star. And you see this guy running, and then all of a sudden, the camera pans out, and this cop is chasing him. And the narrator says, no one wants to be a junkie when they grow up. Don't do drugs, right? And and I remember that commercial because I did want to be a track star. And I thought, oh, no, I could miss my purpose. I could miss the point of my life if I'm not careful. The decisions that I make, the choices that I make, they could wind me up in a place that I don't want to be. But as I started to think about that, that whole idea, I started to think, maybe we're missing it with the question. Maybe even the question that we ask kids whenever they're little, what do you want to be? When you grow up, what do you want to do with your life? Doesn't really talk about the point of our life. See, because the sum of your life, the measure of your life isn't in your occupation. It's not in your career. It's not in what you do for a living or what you do to earn a paycheck. The point of your life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the point of our life. You look all the way back to the beginning of creation and we were made to be in a relationship with our Creator, with the God who loves us, with the God who pursues us. That is the purpose of our life. And so many times by the questions that we ask or even by the decisions that we make, we miss the point of life. We assume that it's found in other things. We assume that other things really determine the purpose of who we are or why we're supposed to be here. And we miss the point that Jesus is the point, that it's found in Him. And so I want us to look at that this morning. I want us to understand that. And so I want to give you a visual illustration of that before we jump into the scripture. And so I'm going to ask um, for a volunteer, Jake, if you would help me this morning. If you guys would give Jake a big hand as he makes his way forward. And I want us to think about that, the point and the purpose of our life. Now, Jake is a a good-looking guy. If you guys don't know Jake, his name is Pretty Princess today, okay? So um, that's pretty amazing right there. And so Jake is a great looking guy. Um, probably did well in school. Not really. Not really well in school. Okay. So Jake got out of school and um, I know what Jake did. but let's just take a generalization. Um, graduated high school, maybe went to college, maybe didn't go to college, but he started his career today. And because um, I can't fit a helicopter on this stage, which is what Jake does um, I'm just going to use this as an example. So you've got paperwork and you've got all of this stuff if you would just hold out your arms. And so Jake is going to start his career and let's say he's pretty successful in his career. He's doing well, okay, and so um, this career, it's a big thing and he's holding on to it and he's moving forward. Now, because Jake, you're such an amazing looking guy, okay, you, may, you meet a beautiful woman named Hannah, right? And you guys get married. This is the woman of your dreams and you guys um, spend time together and after a little bit you guys have a baby. If friends or family are here, they're not really pregnant. I don't want to get them in trouble, okay? So we're not saying that. But just for the the point of this illustration, you guys have a baby, you start to have kids, right? And things start to pile up. Um, things start to happen as you have kids. Um, they become younger kids. Um, they start to grow up, and so we do peewee wee football, right? And peewee wee soccer, and so you're gonna um help coach that. And then um they eventually get to kindergarten, and so they've got um school, and so you can just kind of stack that on there, right? And so you've got that, and. And as they get older, man, kids eat a lot. You guys have kids, you know that, right? And when you have eight kids, like at the Escamilla house, there's a lot of food, right? So I don't know, where are we just going to, we're going to stuff that right there? Okay, let's see if we can hold on to that. And um, man, Jake's awesome, and he didn't do well in school, but he doesn't want to just say as... Kind of a mediocre helicopter pilot. You may have to lower your arms a little bit. So he's going to study. He's got to study these books because he wants to move up in his career and he wants to do better. Now, if you guys don't know this, Jake is a super friendly guy. He's great to be around. And so he's always hosting people, dinner parties, all of these things. People love to be around him. And so he's got board game night at his house. And all of this tends to be a lot in Jake's life. This is a lot... A balance it's a lot to manage and everything but he's pursuing the American dream right the career the family the nice house kids all of this and things are falling right and so um, man eventually it becomes a lot and Jake just needs the rest so he's got Space Jam anyone out there a fan of Space Jam okay you guys got that and the kids want to watch Nanny McPhee and so he's got all of this that he's trying to balance in his life and it becomes a lot But after all, Jake is pursuing the point, what what we're geared to do, what we're made, right? What are we going to do when you grow up? and Trying to be successful and trying to be like everyone else. And Jake comes to a point in his life where his kids are older and he says, man, I want my kids to be involved in church or maybe a crisis hits. He loses someone close to him and he thinks maybe there's something more. And so I'm going to take and I'm going to add Jesus to this equation. Don't drop this, okay? (laughs) In the Bible there, right? And I'm going to add Jesus to my life because I think that'll help. It'll make all of this make sense. It'll, um, it'll help me find that purpose in my life. And so that's what we do. We try to fit Jesus in somewhere. And when we do that, we miss the point. Because Jesus was never meant to be an addition to your life. Jesus was never meant to be added on so that other things make sense or so that other things work. And so what we do is we try to add Jesus in. We try to fit him into our busy schedules. We try to fit him into, into the calendar. We try to make church when we can. But eventually, it all becomes too much. It's a lot to balance. And Jake is a big, big, strong guy, okay? So he could hold this for a little bit, but at some point, it's going to be difficult. And at some point, he's going to think, man, I can't, I can't do that. It just doesn't fit. God doesn't work in, my, in the equation of my life. I've tried Jesus, I tried Christianity, I tried church, but it's just too much. It's not really making things easier. It seems like it's making things harder. And so he eventually walks away, and that's what we do so many times in our life. And we keep on trying to pursue this stuff, thinking this is the point and this is the purpose. But it doesn't work, church. We fail, we mess up, things begin to fall, and things begin to drop for, from our life. And so how do we do that? How do we make Jesus the point? I'm going to start taking some of these things away. See, what we do is whenever we come to Christ, we don't come and add Jesus on as an addition to the things in our life. But Jesus asks us to come and to surrender everything. That means everything that we've been holding on to, everything that we've accumulated in life, all of our experiences, everything, that we surrender those to God. And we lay everything down, our career, all of this stuff, We lay it down, and we take Jesus, we take God, who is the purpose, who is the point of our life, and we create him as the foundation. Now, that's a little bit easier to hold there, isn't it? And we don't add Jesus into everything else, but we start with him. We surrender everything else in our life, the sin, the brokenness, even all of the good things in our life. We surrender those, we lay them down, and we say, Jesus, okay, I'm starting with you. And now we can build other things, but we realize no matter what else gets added on, this is the point. This isn't going to bring meaning. This isn't going to bring purpose. None of this will bring ultimate happiness or joy in our life. It's only when we start with this. Now let's give Jake a hand. Thank you so much for helping me out, man. (laughs) And we mix that up so many times in our life. We're trying to add Jesus into the equation. We're trying to fit him into our schedules or fit him into our life and hoping that it works when that's not the point of life. The point of life is Jesus at the center. It's that everything else rests upon him. And as he adds things to your life in different seasons, as you have kids, as you get married, whatever it looks like for your life, as you're pursuing your career, it's all with Jesus at the center. Jesus is the main point of your life. He's the main focus of your life. Is that how you're living? I want us to open up the scripture and I want us to look at how Jesus challenges a group of people who had missed the point and who had walked away from the point. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you and you can pull that out and um, you can turn to page 529 in that Bible and we're going to read this together. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Whenever you have that, just hold that for a quick moment there, because I want us to understand what's taking place. It'll help make sense of what Jesus says in these few small verses here. Jesus just, if you look back at the previous chapter, Jesus has just sent out a group of his disciples. They've just gone out and um, they set out to do ministry. So Jesus sends them out. They've been following Jesus um, walking with Jesus, seeing what Jesus does. And now they go out on their own and some pretty amazing stuff happens. God is using them. They're going to the villages, preaching the kingdom of God, preaching that God has come and he wants a relationship with you. And so they begin to do miracles. Blind eyes are open. People that could not see. I'm not just talking glasses like bifocals, right? I mean, people that had no eyesight, their eyes are open and they can see. Lame people are walking. Demon possessed people, those scary movies that you watch, okay, like those kinds of people, they're free addictions are broken over people's life and the disciples come back and they're super excited. Look what God did. Look what God did through us. This is so amazing. This is what it's all about. Look at this. We're doing miracles, man. We've made it. We've arrived. This is what life has to be about. There's this other group of people that are right there as Jesus is teaching. It's this group of religious people. And when they thought about the point, when they thought about the purpose of life, they thought it's the law. It's the Old Testament. God's given us these rules, and your whole life is meant to focus on these rules. Are you doing the right thing? Are you following this list of rules? Are you doing what God said? Are you obeying the law? That's what it's all about. And so that's what they thought the point of life was. That's what the purpose of life was. And Jesus is calling them back. Hey, you're missing it. You're missing the point. And so this is what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says this, come to me. Come to me. Don't get your eyes on other things. Don't start to focus on other things. Come to me. If you have your Bibles, highlight that. Even if you have a Bible from um, the seat, underneath the seat in front of you, just underline that, okay? It's okay to write in those. Underline that right there. Come to me. Jesus is reminding them, I'm the point. This is the focus of your life. It's not on other things. It's me, so come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is it that Jesus is saying? What does this mean? He's reminding them, come to me. Everyone. That's listening to his voice. He's inviting them. He's reminding them of the point because these religious leaders, this group of religious people, they were telling people, they were going around and actually trying to get people to believe, hey, the whole point of your life is simply following the rules, following the law that God has given us. You guys have heard of the Ten Commandments, right? These ten rules that God instructed his people as they were coming out of Egypt to follow. Well, this group of religious people, they had written books on these laws, They had taken every single law that God had given them and they had expounded on it over and over, page after page, volume after volume on these simple laws that God had given. You want to know what it means to obey the Sabbath? Well, you can't walk more than 0.5 miles past your house. It means that you don't do this with your animal. It means that you don't do this. You cook your food ahead of time. You don't wash your dishes on a, on a Saturday, which was the Sabbath for them. They had all of this list of rules, all of these things, and they were trying to get people to believe that's the point of your life. You're going to follow all of these things. You wash dishes a certain way. And if you don't wash your dishes a certain way, you're missing out on what God wants for your life. They truly believed that was the point. The disciples come back, and they're all excited. Look at this, man. This has to be what it's about. Look at all the miracles that are taking place. Look at everything that's happening. Blind eyes are being opened. Man, all of this really cool stuff is happening. God's using us. And they were focused in on the ministry, the external things. And Jesus is reminding both groups of people, no, come to me. Come to me. The point of your life isn't in this list of rules. It's not even the cool things that you can do with the spirit of God in your life. No, don't get focused in on all of these other things that really in the long run don't matter. Come to me. It's about a relationship with God in Jesus. He's reminding them. He's asking them this simple question that this scripture reminds us of, even of these thousand years, thousands of years later. What direction are you walking towards? Are you walking towards the point or away from it? Church, when you look at your life, are you walking towards the point? If Jesus is the point, is your life focused in on him? Are you headed in that direction or are you walking away from him? Is your life scattered in all of these other directions? Do you truly believe that this somehow will bring meaning or purpose? And so you're simply trying to add God to the equation instead of surrendering all of that. Giving up all of those things and saying, no, Jesus, you're the point. You're the foundation in which I need to build my life. The law was never meant to replace a relationship with God. It was simply meant to point the way to God. It was simply meant to be a way to point to Jesus. He said, I have fulfilled the law. Look, I've come and I'm living out what it is that God wanted a relationship with you. The miracles that the disciples were doing, they were never an end to themselves. They were simply meant to be a sign. Oh, yeah, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who's pursuing you. There's a God who wants a relationship with you. Come to me. That's what Jesus is saying. It's about me. I'm the point of your life. I bring purpose. I bring meaning. I bring that into your life. So church, are you walking away from the point? Are you walking towards him? Are you walking towards Christ? The point in your life? Or are you walking in so many other directions that are distracting you? So how do we do that when we look at our life? How do we make sure that Jesus stays at the center? How do we make sure that Jesus stays the main point in our life and all of these other things don't become the focus? I want to give you two practical ways. The first that I want you to write down is simply this. It starts early in the morning. It starts by praying. When you wake up in the morning, that the first thing that you do isn't grab your phone and check Facebook, It isn't just run and start your day, but it's spending time talking to the person, the God who created you, the God who loves you, the whole reason why you were made and created. It's talking to Jesus. And in those few moments, it's admitting who you are in your life. God, I'm not enough today. I've got tasks at work that I have to do. I have things on my schedule, God, or on the calendar. I have to do with family or friends, Lord. There's so many things that are consuming my life. And God, I admit in the first few seconds of my day, I'm not enough. But God, you are. You're the point of my life. You're the purpose. You're the meaning. You're the reason that I live. And so God, direct me today. Make sure that I walk towards you and not away from you. You know what? One of the most spiritual things that you can do is to take out your phone and set a calendar reminder. That's an alarm that goes off in the morning that says pray. Some reminder by your bed, whatever that is. If it's a piece of paper, whatever you're going to look at early in the morning to remind you Jesus is the point of this day. You're not living this on your own. You're not living it for yourself. It's not about what you can do or how you can spend your time. It's not even about pursuing everything else that the world tells us to pursue. The purpose of that day is one thing. Jesus, be at the center of my life. Jesus, be the point of my life, God. Be the main thing today in my life. Lord, don't let me get distracted with other things. How is your personal prayer time? Because that will direct and it will show the direction of your life. The second thing is this. It's God's word. You want to keep Christ at the center of your life? You need to be engaging with the word of God. You need to be reading this. The spiritual pathway that we talk about here at NCC, at New Community Church, um, that we look at, that over half a million people have taken, what they say is the number one factor in your growth, the number one factor that you're going to make it as a Christian and that you're going to move forward in your relationship with God is this right here. It's daily engagement in the Word of God. And yet sometimes for some of us, the only time we open this is when it comes up on the screen. Turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Church, that's not enough. That's not enough in your life. If you want to make Jesus the center of your life, you need to open up the word of God and read it. Read what God wrote to have a relationship with him. Read who he is and find out more about his character and his person, who he is and what he wants for your life. See, if you want Jesus to be the center, you've got to make his word, your prayer time, those things. You've got to make them a priority inside of your life. Why? Why? So that you don't become distracted with everything else. So you don't mistake the meaning and the purpose of life for all of these other things that you can pursue. But at the beginning of your day, at some point in your day and in your week, you're fulfilling what Jesus said. Come to me. Come to me. Come find out who I am. Come let me give you purpose and meaning inside of your life. He goes on. If you still have your Bible open, you can read this with us. Matthew Chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 28, he goes on to say, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He's reminding them it's not about the law. It's not even about miracles or signs and wonders from God. It's about a relationship with me. And so come and find out who I am. Take my yoke upon you. Now, when I first read that, I had a couple of thoughts. Okay, Yoke, I thought about a scrambled egg in the morning, right? Okay, That's one thought that I had. I thought about those old school things, like if you've ever studied that in history, there was something called a yoke, and they would put the oxen in, and they would plow the fields. And so I'm trying to understand, Jesus, what is it that you're saying there? What do you mean when you say yoke? But yoke in this Jewish term that he's using here actually meant teaching. It meant the teaching that Jesus was giving them. It meant what it was that he was instructing them about the kingdom of God. And he's saying, hey, take my teaching upon you. He was telling them, you've been taught something else. Whenever you were in elementary school or whenever you were little, someone told you that the purpose of your life is what you produce, how hard you work, what you can do, how successful you will be. And he said, I need you to take that teaching off. That's not what you should be learning. And take my teaching upon yourself. Why? Because it's easier. It's not burdensome. It's not about what you can produce. It's not about what you can do. It's not about your merit or following the law or what you can do on your own. See, my teaching is easy and it's light. It's that you would come to me and find the purpose and the meaning of your life in me, in the person of Christ. And so he's instructing them in this. See, the Jewish people, those people that followed the law, they were working so hard they assumed we can work enough to actually get it done. They were doing all of their efforts, everything in what they could produce to follow the law. And they had it down to a T. And Jesus said, you're missing the point. Sarah, my wife, whenever we were in college the spring before we got married, she had a chance to go to Israel and to walk around and see all of the sites, all of the places that miracles happened and all of those things. And she said, I was in the hotel um, on a Saturday, which is The holy day for um, people that are Jewish. She said, I got on the elevator and as I looked at it, it was stopping at every single floor. Okay, I don't know about you, but that's extremely annoying when I want to get somewhere. Okay, I don't want to stop at every floor. And it didn't matter if someone got on or off. The elevators are programmed there to stop at every floor. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to violate the law if they push a button. See, they're working for something and they've missed the point. The point What God was saying wasn't about not pushing a button or not walking a certain distance on a certain day of the week. God was wanting to be in a relationship with his people, but they've missed it. They thought it was about a checklist and a certain amount of rules. And that's what we can do in our life. We don't fall into that trap that we can't walk a certain distance on a day or we can't push a button. We don't fall into that lie, but we have other teachings that we believe. Right? Like your worth and your value as a person is somehow tied into your occupation. That somehow you're a little bit better than the person sitting next to you based off of the car or the numbers in your bank account, right? That somehow that means something more about you, that you're valuable or that you're worth something. And so that's what we end up pursuing. We end up pursuing all of these things as if they're the point to our life, as if they're the reason that we live, instead of focusing in on who Jesus is and what it is that God wants to do inside of us and we miss the point. See, it's not about what you're working for. It's about where you're resting at. It's about finding your peace and finding your place in the person of Jesus Christ. And we here in America, we here in our culture, we've believed this lie more than anyone else. We believe that that it's all about what we can do and so we feel like if we work hard enough that we can get the right house, right? Like if we have the right job and we have the right amount of money, then we can get the right house. And somehow that if we get the right house, that our family will end up looking like this, right? Picture-perfect family. I don't know about you, but in family photos, my kids are running off. I'm screaming at them, right? Some kids are crying. I'm yelling at them to smile like we're having fun. It doesn't look like this. But we believe this. We believe that if I have the right house and everything's going to be perfect, it's going to be a picture-perfect thing. If I can get a raise if I can just get a raise and have a little bit more money, then I can afford the right kind of car. And that somehow if I buy this kind of car, my spouse, my husband, or my wife will all of a sudden become a model, right? And our life will be lived on the showroom floor and we'll be sipping champagne or whatever it is. Something in our mind thinks that this is what it's about. We're pursuing these things. This is the point of our life. That's what we've believed. And we're missing it, church. Because all of of these things, although they may bring A momentary satisfaction. There may be a sliver or a moment of enjoyment in those things. It's going to fade away. It's not going to tell you what your purpose is. It's not going to prove to you what the point, why you were born and why you've been created. See, none of these things are going to tell you that. That's only found in the person of Jesus. And he's teaching them that day. That same word that he said thousands of years ago is the same thing today. Take off that teaching. Stop believing that lie, church. Stop stop accepting that truth as the truth in your life and take my teaching upon you. It's not about what you produce. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you just see on the external, on the outside, the point of your life. You were created to be in a relationship with the God who loves you, with the God who's pursuing you, with the God who speaks purpose and destiny in his dreams over your life. That's why you were made. And this morning he's looking at you. And he's looking at me. And he's saying come to me. Come to me church. Find your true meaning. In me. Not in all of these other things. That life offers. Not in all of these other things. That you can pile on. Come to me. And I'm asking you this morning church. Are you simply trying to add Jesus to to the equation, because it's not going to work. If you're simply just trying to pile him on to the list of things that you're balancing in your life, eventually you're going to remove him and say, it's not for me. I've tried Christianity, i tried God, and it just didn't fit in my life. It only works when you surrender everything and when you make him the center focus. When you lay down what you've been trying to do on your own and you place him at the center of your life. Now, I'm not saying don't work, okay? Do not go out tomorrow and quit your jobs and just say, hey, we're going to lounge around. Paul talks about that in the book of Thessalonians. There was a church that actually did that. Jesus is coming back. So, I mean, we're sipping martinis. We're just hanging out on the beach and we're loving life, right? He's not saying do that. The Bible's very clear that we should provide for our families. We should have an income so that we can give generously as God speaks to our heart. There's practical things about that in the word of God. But what he's saying is, is that's not where you're going to find your meaning and your purpose. You're going to find it in me. Come to me, church, and learn that my teaching, that it's light, it's not difficult. It's not about a list of rules or regulations. It's about having a relationship with the God who created you. And so we want to give you a practical tool in your life to do that this week. As you walk out the doors, you're going to get this small card here. It should fit in your wallet or in your purse, or wherever you can put it where it'll be a reminder this week. On the front, it's simply got that verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The ushers are going to hand them to you, and please don't drop this in the bottom of your car or put it somewhere where you're going to forget. Place it somewhere where you're going to see it. And let it be a reminder of what the point of our life is. And on the back, you have a homework assignment. There are six boxes. This is your homework this week. And this is what I want you to do at some point in your day, at some point as you're going through your day. I want you to take this out and remember this verse. Read that verse on the front. And then just look, God, where is my focus? Where's the direction of my life? God, is it simply all about my work? My stress out about my finances, God? And every time you're thinking about something else, just put a tally there. Every time something else is trying to crowd in to the center of your life, trying to steal the focus away from Jesus, just put a tally in that box next to that word. And then as your focus and your mind goes to God, just put a tally next to that box. I want to tell you this, the first part of your week is going to be very disheartening, okay? Going to be a little depressed. God, I'm so focused in on other things. But I did this. And when I found out halfway through the week, my mind began to shift. Why? Because I don't want to make a tally somewhere else, okay? That doesn't look good. And so I began to shift my focus. So even when I was at work and I started to stress, I remembered, oh yeah, he said, come to me. God, this job isn't about a promotion, it's not about how successful I can come. Jesus, it's actually about you. God, my finances, when I sit down to do my budget and I look at all the bills, God, it's not about how much I can accumulate at the end of my life. Oh yeah, it's really about you. And, halfway through the week, our focus is going to begin to shift and we're going to say, God, you're the point. Jesus, you're the point to my life, Lord. God, more and more, I want my focus to be upon you. It doesn't mean that there's not other things in my life, Lord. It simply means that I see everything through the lens, through the filters of my relationship with Christ because he is the most important thing. He's the point to who I am as a person. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. That's how we want to live out our lives. So I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to start with this. If there's anyone here this morning, and as I've been talking, you're realizing, wait, Aaron, Jesus is not the point of my life. Maybe at some point you made a commitment to him, but you're simply trying to add him on to everything else and you've never really laid down everything and surrendered everything to him and said, Jesus, you're the center. Now let me build on top of you. We all do that in our life. Maybe you've never really surrendered. Maybe you thought Jesus was about so many other things, about a list of rules or regulations, but this morning you're realizing it's about a relationship. And God, I need that relationship with you. If that's you, In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear. We've all missed the mark. We've all messed up at some point in our life. We've all sinned. And we've walked away from our relationship with God. But this morning, he is here. He's here inviting you into a relationship with him. Saying he wants to give you a brand new start, a new life is what he's here this morning offering, not rules or not legalism, but a relationship with the God who created you, with the God who made you. And if that's you this morning, if that's you, God's speaking to you right now with no one looking around, you know that you need to respond, you know you need that relationship, you need a brand new start, placing Jesus at the center of your life. If that's you, would you stand up right where you're at and come forward to this altar? I want to pray for you. If God is speaking, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity to respond. He wants to be the point, He wants to be the center of your life. Anyone at all, God's speaking to you, respond to His voice this morning. Thank you. Church, I'm going to ask us all to pray this, whether you're saying this for the first time or whether you've prayed this before. Jesus, I come to you. I realize I need you. My focus is on other things. This morning, I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Help me to see you as the point. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, let's celebrate together. That's the vision of our church, that God would continue to call us and draw us closer to himself. That he would be the focus of our life. And I want to pray for all of us before we leave this morning. And this is what I'm going to ask is, This week, as we go throughout our week, as we have this card, as we're looking at that, that our hearts would be open to making Jesus the center and the point of our life, that he would be the main focus. And whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in your classroom or whatever it is, that you would see everything around you through the lens, through the person of Jesus, and that it wouldn't become about all of these other things. These wouldn't be the center. You wouldn't be looking for meaning or purpose through these. But you would look For that purpose and that meaning in the person of Jesus. And so as I begin to pray. I don't want you to just listen to me pray. But I want you to have a conversation with God. And say Lord what are the areas of my life where I'm missing it. God are there places where I'm trying to add you to the equation. And it's not working God. I need to surrender and lay down some things. And I need to build upon you as the foundation of my life. Lord I need to come to you more often. So let's pray together. Just begin to talk to God as I'm praying out loud. Have that conversation with him. Lord, we come before you, God, and I thank, I thank you for this message this morning, Lord. This isn't just something for everyone out there, Lord. You're challenging me this morning, Lord, in my life that I would make you the center, Lord. That it's not something I work for. It's not something I produce, Lord. It's not my job, Lord, or any of those things that bring meaning or purpose. But, Lord, it's you. So I'm asking you this week, speak to my heart, Lord. Speak to each one of us as the church, Lord, when we're in school, when we're in our neighborhoods, God, with family, with friends, Lord, at the workplace, God, wherever we find ourselves. Jesus, that we would see you as the meaning and the purpose, the central focus, Lord, of our life. Jesus, help us to realize that you are the point. You're the point in our life, Lord, and let us live every day, God, every moment focused in upon you so that we can see the change and the transformation, around us. God, do that inside of us. Let us be that kind of church, and we pray this in your name. Amen.